It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. Welcome to our latest podcast, number 101. It's a pleasure to have you all out there listening. I'm Chloe Thomas, creator of the e-commerce Master Plan. As you probably know by now, I'm an author, speaker and consultant, and I focus on e-commerce business strategy and marketing. Now, I hope you enjoyed the last episode. It was my special Ask Chloe celebration about reaching episode 100. And I answered six questions from our e-commerce Master Plan World Facebook group members. If you'd like to join in the discussion about the episode, my answers about the other podcasts we put out there and even ask me your questions yourself, you can do that in the e-commerce master plan world Facebook group. If you want to join, then just head to e-commerce master plan world on Facebook or uh, go to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook and it'll take you straight there. Let me introduce you to today's special guest. Shireen Modad-Neal is the founder of Full Disclosure, an online fashion boutique bringing customers a curated selection of luxury lingerie, sleepwear and swimwear from established and under-the-radar designers. They launched in August 2014 with high price points. They now do one to two orders per day, which can be anything from £50 to £2,000 per order. Hi, Shireen. Hi, Chloe. I've just given our listeners like a ridiculously quick overview of you, your business and where you are right now. But how did you get involved in the thing that is e-commerce? So, um, I mean, my entire career I've been in in luxury and in retail, uh, more brick and mortar or wholesale, uh, not in e-commerce. Uh, but uh, I was working with uh, with Louis Vuitton a few years ago and I was uh, I was stationed out in Bahrain. And uh, while there, there was an agent provocateur store in the same mall where uh, where the Louis Vuitton store was. And this uh, wonderful person called Ina, who was managing the store, got me into luxury lingerie. And uh, and that's where my love affair started. Um, so when I moved to the UK with, with LV a couple of years later, I discovered a lot of emerging designers uh, in lingerie and sleepwear over there. Uh, that most people hadn't heard of. So when I was then moving to Doha, because I got married and my husband was based there, and I left my job, uh, I thought, what better time to start my own business? I'd always been itching to do it, but never dared, you know, sort of just leave my job and go ahead with it. So, uh, so I thought about maybe opening a shop and then that kind of developed into, well, why limit ourselves to a shop when you can go global? And, um, and there were a lot of, you know, you could see the trends in e-commerce uh, developing and moving forward. I had a few friends saying, you know, but can you really sell lingerie online? It's so personal. People need to try it on, the fits. But when you look at, you know, the fact that people weren't really buying designer uh, dresses, for example, 10 years ago, and now they'll buy 5,000 uh, pound dresses on Net-A-Porter mm-hmm. or or even jewelry for a million dollars uh, on via e-commerce, I, it just seemed like it was the natural progression that people were getting more and more comfortable with buying uh, lingerie online. And it, and it was a good bet because um, this is where, where it's at now. Uh, in fact, we see a lot, of, a lot of people who are super comfortable buying intimates online. Uh, the return rate actually that we had was mm. much lower than what we expected. Oh, really? uh, we just showed that, you know, if you have... 
if you know your size and you have a good enough description in your size and fit guide uh, of how some things fit because we stock different brands, then you're you're kind of golden. Um, and uh, so it, it turned out to be the, the right thing to do. What a fascinating story. And the, the way, you know, you, you've touched on a couple of really interesting points there around getting fashion, especially luxe fashion, to work online. And I'll come back to those later. But before we kind of dive into that, I'd like to dive into just letting people know a little bit more about kind of the bullet point facts about the business as it is right now. So where are you in the world right now? Because you're clearly a bit of a globetrotter. So so where are you? (laughs) So I'm based in Copenhagen. Uh, When I started this business, I was based in Doha. uh, And I'm here in in Denmark at the moment because it's where my husband's job is. And I guess that's the beauty of an online business. You can kind of run it from anywhere. Um, the team is scattered a bit everywhere. So I've got my uh, merchandiser and client relations manager who's UK based. Uh, but, you know, due to some personal circumstances, she's been back at home in, in Moscow for the last seven months and she's been able to work from there. Cool. Our web developer who's freelance is in Aberdeen. Uh, you know, our accountants are, are in the UK, our fulfillment centers outside of Manchester. So we're kind of a bit everywhere. The joy of the online business, as you, yeah. as you say. And whereabouts are you selling to? Are you, are you selling to the UK? Are you selling to Denmark? Are you selling globally? So our, our top markets are the UK and the US, which came as a surprise to us, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we sell to customers everywhere. So we ship with DHL so we can really go anywhere in the world. We've got uh, clients in Hawaii and in Hong Kong and Dubai and Moscow. Uh, so it's pretty great. Uh, and it's something we want to continue to to build on. And um, the product is specific designers, handpicked? Uh, so, yeah, so we, we look for really original uh, new up-and-coming designers who produce something very qualitative who've got a nice story to them we meet all these designers we've got a great relationship with them and that's really important to us as well and uh, and we like to serve as a as a platform to these new young brands uh, and give people access to them wherever they are uh, and that's it's it's lovely because we we love it's like shopping but for your website <laughs> and it's, and it's something Ina and I adore doing you know every time uh, buying season comes along uh, but there's there's so much out there and a lot of great British designers who are also producing in the UK you know in a really sustainable way um, but also we we look for for brands that you know, most people haven't heard of so you know there's a great brand in, in Ukraine or or whether it's uh, some US based brands uh, obviously with the um, with the devaluation of the pound over the last six months, uh, it's made it a bit more of a challenge. But on the other hand, it's brought us new clients as well. So yeah. not too bad. Yes, yeah, so I feel, I feel yeah. like we could f- fill an entire year of podcasts with the uh, the currency situations at the moment. But I am, I am just so everybody knows who's listening, I'm making a purposeful aim to not do that because, um, <laughs> because I think it's, you know, it's important, but it's, it's not as interesting as the other areas. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean it's got its its advantages, right? It's it's mm. bringing in new customers. Uh, you know, yeah, it's not all bad. No, you've you've just got to kind of twist and pivot and find the right options. Yeah, the right currency right. options. Exactly. And what platform is your site built on? Are you a Shopify girl, a Magento girl, or have you gone for something else? 
So we're Shopify people. We uh, we've got a custom built theme on Shopify. So um, so basically, when uh, when I was starting out this business, uh, my husband's friend Scott Cooper, uh, uh, who's a web developer, offered to do the website for us. Uh, he and uh, we continue to work with him. And uh, you know, Shopify is a great platform. He really wanted us to go with that. Uh, but at the same time, we wanted our own aesthetic. We wanted to add some you know creative solutions to get around some functionality. Um, so we've got a custom built theme on Shopify and, you know, and we wanted to make the shopping experience as seamless as possible. And, and Shopify is great with that. Um, and we always use client feedback to continue to improve the website. And so with all that feedback and, and that focus on making it as easy to use as possible, are there any kind of widgets or plugins that you, you're particularly pleased with? Oh, there are a few, um, much to my web developer's dismay. <laughs> I'm always going back to him saying, oh, there's this new widget. <laughs> um, so one of them is Olark, uh, the live chat uh, yeah. app, which is fantastic. Uh, it's, uh, it brings you closer to the customer, but you know, you can also see what they're looking at, where they are. Uh, so it really helps you customize your approach of how to talk to them, what to show them, what to offer them. And we use it a lot and we love it. Uh, we also use uh, S-Loyalty, which is a loyalty program. Uh, and I think that that's enabled us to sort of differentiate ourselves from our competitors a little bit. And by offering a reward program to sort of reward our clients, encourage them to keep shopping with us. Uh, and, you know, every once in a while they get a certain number of points and they can um, sort of redeem offers, so to speak. And has that made a difference to your uh, repeat purchase rates? It has, which is which is great. And I can, you know, I can go on forever about our repeat purchases because <laughs> it's something we're totally proud of. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will definitely come back to that in a few minutes then. Um, so the my last kind of kind of question, the scene setting bit, is around your team because you mentioned uh, you've got your buyer. Uh, slash merchandiser over in Moscow at the moment. You've got your yeah. web designer in London, and then He's there's in Aberdeen. Uh, sorry, sorry, Aberdeen. Oh gosh, yeah. the, my Scottish listeners are going to hate me for that. I'm sorry, sorry, <laughs> um, <laughs> really sorry. It's okay, forgive her, <laughs> please. Um, <laughs> and then, um, and then, obviously, you're you're over in Denmark. Who else is yeah. is in the team? So uh, we've got, we work with third party companies. Uh, we wanted to, when we started out, uh, there were things we could do in house, but we didn't want to. We wanted to start things right, you know, in case we, uh, you know, for scaling, in case we wanted to bring in third party investors later on. Uh, so our warehousing and fulfillment is outsourced. So we work with Exact Abacus, who are in Chorley, outside of Manchester. Yeah. And, uh, and they're brilliant. I mean, obviously, when you're dealing with a company that's not yours and a different team, there is an, a, a period of adjustment. Uh, but we got through it and things work seamlessly now. And this way you ensure that, you know, even as a small business, when you're going on holiday, you know, you're not disrupting your, your operations. Um, in terms of accounting, we work with Wow, who are great. You know, we feel like they're part of the team, um, and they're just they're brilliant. And of course, legal. Well, we usually get um, outsourced help from that. But then also every once in a while, we like to work uh, with with artists. So we've we've had a couple of uh, illustrations and, and little works of art done uh, by different artists. One of them is uh, the most recent one is based in the Netherlands. 
The first one we worked with was in Canada. Um, so we like to branch out sort of all over the place. And I mean, working online and, and from everywhere means you're working around the clock, but at least you can do it from anywhere, which is great. So the, the artist I'm quite intrigued by, is that to create artwork for the website or to work towards products? Uh, so for the website, so it was more to give us a bit more of an identity, so uh, like a corporate visual, so to speak, and we like to change it every year. Oh, wow. Cool. So full on rebrand, every, or not rebrand, but I suppose redesign, restyle every year. Yeah, just to, to have something that we can kind of call our own. And, and we like to work with, with, you know, with young artists. So it's our way of, of branching out a little bit and, and doing something with the arts. Oh, nice. And what about the marketing side of things? Do you do that yourself or is that outsourced too? I do. I do that myself. And it's been an amazing learning experience because, uh, you know, I hadn't done e-commerce before. So there was definitely a lot to learn. Uh, and uh, and it helps when you listen to webinars from Chloe Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> I'll take that plug. <laughs> so let's talk then about, because you said that you get really excited about your repeats. So let's talk yeah. about your repeat, right? Yeah. What, um, what's... Why are you so excited about it, I suppose, would be the first question. I mean, I think that's uh, that's what really makes us stand out. Uh, it's uh, today, I would say, one of our uh, key assets is the way we manage our customer relationships. Uh, every approach with every customer is so unique and so personal, uh, which which can be hard to do over e-commerce. I mean, you're you're separated by distance and a screen. But we realize that in luxury and, and especially in lingerie, the contact has to be personal. The purchase is personal. Uh, customers can have demands and questions and they need their problems solved. And uh, and we, we aim to solve each one individually. Uh, and it can be time consuming, but it's it's not something we we compromise on. Um, and, and we've, we've seen it. The, the result is that, you know, 30% of our customers come back. Uh, and more than that, we've, um, we've got some great relationships with, with a lot of them. Uh, Ina is, you know, first name basis with so many of them. They'll get in touch with her, ask her for advice. They'll go on holiday and send us a picture of, you know, their spouse wearing the bikini they bought her. Um, so it's, it's just lovely. You know, we've, we, we've even had customers tell us that it's so rare to build a relationship with a shop um, and it's something they really value, but that we're, we're doing it great. And that's not something we're willing to compromise on at all. So that's the, um, it, it's that, it's basically it's everything you'd expect from a luxury underwear boutique in the physical world. Yeah. you know, in Mayfair or something, but yeah. you're giving it to them on, in the online, which I guess is why Olark is so important to you. Exactly. Uh, and even emails and chat. Uh, but I mean, both Ina and I come from retail brick and mortar backgrounds and uh, and we crave that interaction as well, you know, so it comes across. Uh, and every once in a while, we'll have a pop-up or a sample sale somewhere and uh, and we love it because we get to meet sometimes some of the customers if they're in town or just getting to talk to people face-to-face, like we thrive on, on that interaction. So so it's it's genuine, you know, and and I guess it comes across as such when we, when we talk to our customers. I mean, every time a customer receives an order, um, email, emails them personally, asking them how they like it, how their shopping experience was, and it's, uh, you know, 
it's a written email to that customer every time. It's not a standard automated email that goes out. Well, so you do one-on-one emails as it's dispatched to say, did you like it, essentially? Yeah. How did, you know, how did you find it? It's been a very popular style or this is how you can also style it, you know, yeah. Well, which I suppose can become more personalised as you get to know the customers better and better. Exactly. And and then it depends on also whether they reply to you. But I mean, we found that, I mean, when I, in my previous experience in different companies, uh, when you send out automated emails to ask for feedback on, on how a purchase was, people seldom answer. Uh, but when it's a personalized email um, that's tailored to them and they can sort of feel it, then they're kind of more comfortable hitting the reply button and getting back to you like they're just answering a friend of theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, and that feedback is so important to us. And that's, you know, some of the feedback that we've got on our testimonials page. I always think it's one of those, it's one of the most tricky things to work out what what to do in e-commerce. Well, kind of one of the biggest decisions you have to make and the trickiest one to make is, well, what do I automate and what do I keep manual? What is it worth yes. the time and the effort going into it? You know, and, and if you're if you're a business out there with like a £50 average order value and you're shifting 100 products a day, you're probably not going to be in the position of needing or wanting to do those one-on-one emails, although you might, exactly. you might do for your VIPs. But, um, but when you're in, in the luxury space, I can see how that would be, no, we don't want automated reviews. We need that personal touch. It's another opportunity yes. to create the next order. Exactly. And I mean, we, we do automate some things. So for example, our welcome email, when you sign up to our newsletter is automated, uh, because, you know, we want to send you out sort of a little intro about us and who we are and what we do and what kind of services we offer. Um, so, you know, we, it's good to take advantage of that as well, or, you know, uh, cart abandonment, but even that is semi-automated, because sometimes even that gets, uh, uh, Ina has to sort of send out that automated email uh, and let it go through Uh, and sometimes she chooses to email the customer something else instead so you're even kind of like so so the semi-automated i take it is the system flags to ina this is about to go out do you want it to or do you want to take over exactly wow so you're kind of picking and choosing on that front nice and does that produce do you find that produces better results in the abandoned basket circle as well it does. It does. Uh, I mean, sometimes if it's a customer we recognize or if there's something in their basket uh, that's uh, kind of interesting that we want to tell them something about, then, then you know, we'll add to it before sending it out. And I wanted to come back to the, to the welcome email because I had a... Oh, I'm, I'm a, as, as most people listening know, I'm a massive fan of the welcome email and getting it right. So yeah. for you, what was the most important message to get into that welcome email? Is it to tell them about you and the business and the the, the philosophy that you've, you've you've been sharing in great detail here or is it more about getting a sale you know here's our best sellers no it's it's more about telling them who we are uh, you know you want to start the conversation start building that relationship before you say to them here buy this uh, and uh, and that's why it's important. It's like when they, you know, if they were to walk into your brick and mortar store, um, you know, you're going to you know, ask them how they're doing, uh, tell them about your shop, what you've got around, uh, you know, part of your it's part of the service, I feel. And it's more important to build that relationship before you start selling. I couldn't agree with you more. I think even for the most um, kind of quick purchase in e-commerce, you know, 
you still need to be building that relationship to make sure they come back again and value you ahead of the other person they could have gone to so interestingly on your email sign up you ask for the male female um ness or the gender i suppose i should say god words words failing me today um on your email sign up you ask for the gender of the person as they sign up yes do you then send them different welcome emails systems or Um, are you is it simply just for future reference no, we we do sometimes. Uh, to be honest, recently less often, um, just because of time constraints. But uh, but uh, we do like to talk to our customer base differently when we can, because something that and half our customer base is, is male, um, so you you need to talk to them differently. Something that'll appeal to um, a male buyer um, will appeal differently to to a female buyer, and you, you also want it to feel a bit more personal you know mm-hmm. uh, I remember I used to get emails from a really well-known jewelry brand um, and I just felt like it was so sometimes irrelevant to me and I just felt well you know you've asked me what my gender was you should know you should be able to talk to me a bit more uh, like you know who you're addressing yeah, the person who's actually going to be wearing it, not the person exactly. who's buying it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't sell them in the same manner if they walked into your store. So, no, no, you certainly wouldn't. So the so the well, just to clarify, the welcome sequence is the same for both genders, but then you often, when time allows, do a newsletter broadcast out to them in separate. Yes. Yeah, because I mean, in the welcome email, there are three things that we we get across. Uh, the first one is, you know, what we're about. Uh, just very briefly, you know, we like to tell them that this is what we do. Uh, the second thing is uh, to talk about our personal shopping so that they can reach out to us. Uh, that we've got lots of experience. We we want to make their shopping experience personal. Um, so you know, go ahead and just talk to us or call us or chat with us on on the website. Uh, so we want to let them know that we're there for them. And the third thing is that basically we ship everywhere. You know, it's even titled "It's a Small World," and we want people wherever they are to know that we'll we will get their order to them. Um, and how, the fact that we're in the UK is not a barrier. How did you drill it down to those three messages? Were they just kind of you had a brainstorm? Went those are the three key things, or is that built on what you find customers respond to? It's uh, it's what I found. You know, from a more personal as a customer point of view this is what I would want to know and 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 often the way we do things for this business is if I am this customer what do I want to hear um so we felt this were the first three messages that we wanted them to to know of I like that if I was the customer what would I like to hear yeah I mean, we're customers somewhere, right? And uh, so it's always important. To, it's kind of like that saying, you know, do unto others what you'd want done unto you. <laughs> kind of um, and, and that's why, you know, you always have to be fair and listen to your customer. And uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Couldn't could not agree more. And is the welcome um, sequence, the email sign up and the welcome sequence working for you? Yes, it is. It's uh, it does great. Excellent. People risk. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I'm not going to push you for stats because because uh, <laughs> I know some people out there go ask for stats. I'm, like, I'm not asking for stats. If she offers the stats. We'll listen to the stats. If she's not asking for the stats. That's fine. <laughs> okay. Cool. Um, so I think it's t- oh uh, is it time for the top tips? I've got one more question oh, I wanted okay. to ask you before we go into the top tips. Go for it. Let's do the other question. So okay. 
with the with a business like yours to my mind everything is about the um oh well, actually we've talked a lot about the customer experience and looking at and the customer service side of it but the bit which is going to pull people in and in many ways keep them buying from you is the product you choose to sell and the way you yeah. put that edit together um yeah. because that essentially is your brand is is the product you're choosing to showcase so if you've got any tips for anyone out there who's in a you know a, a business which is about the brand is about the edit on how to get it right yeah, somewhat. So basically, we're we're always finding all these exciting brands, uh, but it's uh, but you're you're sort of promoting somebody else rather than yourself, and and you kind of need to think of the customer. A customer is not one dimensional. They're not always going to want just that one brand, and that's where we come in. And it's the variety of what we offer, of the product offer, the different categories. You know, we want to give. A woman something for when she just wants to get cozy in a comfy pajamas or uh, or you know everyday lingerie or something for her holiday mm-hmm. uh, something a little bit more special so it's these collections you put together uh, that are that go across brands and that kind of makes it a bit your own um, so we, we actually do we put together a lot of collections that are a mix of these brands that kind of make sense to us and that talk to the customer so when we're talking about Valentine's, it's here are the our top tips for what you could give her for Valentine's or or when it was Christmas, you know, something for your mother. Or, but it's a different collection of what we'd recommend for your friend, which could be a lower price positioning. Mm-hmm. Um, so so you've got to make it your own, really. So you think about it very much as collections, not as seasons. So a number of collections within a season yeah. as such. Yeah, exactly. I mean, especially when it comes to lingerie. And, and we started off by thinking, you know, because there, you have seasons in, in lingerie, just like in fashion. It's, you know, we're, we're, we've just launched our spring, summer 17 collections. Uh, we're about to order our autumn, winter. But to a customer, it's not about the seasonality like it is with, you know, having the latest handbag. It's about, you know, I want a black bra or I like that print on that pajama. So it, it crosses over seasonality and it's more about style and, and taste. Okay. Well, in, now it is definitely time to go into the top tips round. Now, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. Shireen, are you good for the top tips? I am so ready. Marvellous. Okay, first up then, the book top tip. If everybody listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Fifty Shades of Grey. Ooh, we haven't had that (laughs) one before. (laughs) I'm joking. Actually, if everybody read that book, it would make my business better. (laughs) I'm kidding. Actually, I haven't even read Fifty Shades of Grey. But um, no, I would say um, one that I really liked is uh, Originals, How Nonconformists Move the World by Adam Grant. And uh, I could uh, I could really relate to it because it talks about how to see things in a different light and, and how to go about problem solving a bit differently. And uh, the way I could relate to it was that, you know, you can be very much immersed in what you do in your industry. You know, in, in, in my case, it's lingerie and luxury and retail. And sometimes you don't really see things outside the box. Um, but I'm quite fortunate that, you know, my two partners are not in the industry and they often challenge me with new ideas. Mm-hmm. And initially I noticed that, you know, I would shoot something down just because I felt like 
no, I know this wouldn't work. Um, but then it just kind of, it opened me up to becoming more receptive to these ideas. And, and now I even, you know, try to get advice from clients who are also friends um, and listen to what they have to say and kind of try to build on it and, and experiment with new things. Cool. So great read. Uh, yeah, it sounds really like a great read. Isn't. Okay, the traffic top tip then. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? I think referrals are great. I mean, it's our number one uh, traffic uh, generator, uh, whether, you know, you're going to work with, um, you know, specialists in the industry. So in our case, it's, you know, lingerie bloggers, uh, some press, uh, we get a lot of referrals from our suppliers. So it's just really getting your name out there. Um, you know, there's just, there's something about someone else talking about you and mentioning you that kind of lends you a bit more credibility. So that's a great way. And another one is, is email marketing. Um, we love email marketing, <laughs> you know, bringing our subscribers to the website when we've got something new to say to them. Um, and it's great. It, it drives a lot of traffic, uh, of course, automation when, you know, to make it work for you as well. Um, so yeah. Okay, cool. Two tips there. Uh, the tool top tip next, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plug in a phone app or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? So we're a little bit boring here. We live on Skype and Dropbox, which isn't very original. But seriously, I mean, we love Skype and Dropbox. Uh, I mean, Ina and myself will sometimes have Skype open for hours and just do our own thing. But you just feel like you're in this virtual office and you can see the person and just share stuff every once in a while. So we love it. Uh, but we also use, you know, anything that allows you to be on the go and continue to communicate, uh, like WhatsApp, for example. We've got a group chat uh, with the directors and, and Ina where we'll share articles and ideas and even have debates and heated arguments on it, um, you know, while I'm doing my nursery run, for example. Uh, so so anything with a with a mobile app basically is, is brilliant because we're, we're so often on the go. Okay. And uh, yeah, and, and our web developer also put us onto Slack, which is pretty cool and handy as well. Excellent. Four tips. Wow. Yeah. How many can we get Sorry, for the start I'm, I'm not sticking in the, in the <laughs> <No>. list here. <laughs> They're all good, so it's fine. Um, I just have so much to say to people. <laughs> the, um, the startup top tip. If you met someone this weekend who's thinking of starting an e-commerce business, what would be your first tip for them? Oh, that it's going to be very, very hard. Um, no, but more than that, uh, I'd say manage your expectations. Um, you know, rarely does a new business get, you know, overnight success. Uh, you really have to earn your customers one at a time. Um, and, you know, so it's, you know, don't be afraid to experiment, especially in the in the beginning with the way you work, your your marketing approach, your website. Uh, but just be cautious with your money. And, and this is where you have to manage those expectations make sure your finances meet those you know it's and we learned that the hard way you know in our first year um by let's say over ordering because we thought you know everybody was going to flock to our website right away um so start small you know and it's easier to start small and scale up rather than do it the other way around um, oh, definitely 
So that's that's the top tip. That's a brilliant top tip. And I think that's the first time we've had manager expectations as well. So a new tip, which is always good. Well, Master Plan World, you can find the top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, where you'll see a link to this show. Now, Shireen, before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media? I'd love to. So we're on www.fulldisclosurelux.com. So that's Lux with an E. Um, And please feel free to use the live chat. Talk to us. We'd love to hear from you. On social media, we're on Instagram at Full Disclosure Lux. We're on Facebook at Full Disclosure Lux as well. And on Twitter, we are at Full Disclosure L. Cool. And um, I guess if anyone goes there, you'd be more than happy for them to sign up to your emails for the 10% off offer? Of course, we'd love that. Excellent. Well, there you go, everybody. We'll add links to all of that and everything else we talked about today in the show notes. You can find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast or just go to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. Shireen, thank you so much for being on the e-commerce master plan podcast today, for giving us such an interesting insight into the world of luxury fashion and for being so generous, sharing your tips and experience with us too. Oh, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having us. Well, I don't know about you, but I made an awful lot of notes during that particular one. Um, I thought, thought some of Shireen's ideas and shares around how she's running full disclosure were really interesting. You know, the editing tips about keeping the variety there and thinking about the collections and how you're going to present the product. You know, so think about how you're going to present your Valentine's email at the point where you're buying things, you know, what's, what's going to fit into there? What's going to fit on that category page? I thought that was a really interesting way of thinking about the edit when that's the important part of your business. Um, I also particularly liked what she was saying about how they've really focused on the customer service side of things and doing some of it quite manually. You know, things we normally talk about automating, like review emails, like abandoned baskets. They're putting that personal touch in to make sure they're getting those repeat orders and building that personal relationship with their customers. Obviously, you can't do that in every business because it just wouldn't be worth the manpower. But it reminds me of our our interview with uh, with Rob Wing of the Cornish Fishmonger and that they have a chef who phones every single one of their customers after the fish has arrived to check how they're getting on with it. So, it, you know, if you've got the higher price points, the more luxury products, then you, you certainly can build that into your marketing mix. And then finally, and obviously, as you all know, I absolutely adore email marketing. And it was great to hear how they're using those welcome emails. So just to recap, her three key points within her welcome emails were what we're about, our personal shopping service and ship everywhere. And most importantly, I think is not necessarily those three things, but the fact that they built those by asking themselves, if I was the customer, what would I like to know in order to to be able to buy from us? And that really is the key thing about your marketing. It's the key thing about the content on your pages. What is the thing that your customer needs to know to be able to buy from you. As one of our listeners, if you're enjoying the e-commerce master plan podcast, and I really hope you are, please do share it with your e-commerce and marketing friends, because it's always great to hear about new listeners coming on board. And it's great to get these messages out to ever more people. You could do that on Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, if you want to do it publicly, or if you want to do it one-to-one over a coffee or a pint. I really don't mind. It's just always nice to get these messages out to more people. Now, make sure you come back next week to hear from another author. We've got Marketplace Master, Delegation and Outsourcing Wiz and the founder of FreeUp, which has three E's, uh, the marvellous Connor Gillivan. It's a really good episode. So um, have a great week. Come back for it next time. 
and keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.